podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Welcome to another episode of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Boston, as ever. I am joined by... Becky Bastard, hello everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, well, uh, with our piece of a woman and our promising young woman, uh, we've also got some what we've been watching... Uh, there's been we've got few... one kind of featured what we've been watching, I suppose, it's fair to say. Yeah, we have. We've got one that we all watched. Uh, What's that? Inspired by Ian watching it. Oh yeah. Uh, which yeah, which we're going to chat about. Um, and yeah, the usual tangents and bits and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Ian, what's been happening in the news? Uh, kind of delay stuff again. Eh? Yeah. Um, you know, it, we were only I think it was literally last week's Patreon section we were talking about like Morbius and whether that could be the film that welcomes people back into cinemas. <coughs> Pardon me, cinemas. No, it's not. That's um. Not. It, it you know it's one of these things where you know don't put your heart into it because otherwise you're just going to be too disappointed i think we've we've probably all learned that now over the last year and um it yeah I'm, I, it's not that i was putting my heart into morbius it was more the no time to die speculation um you know which, which i think a year ago would have fucking crushed me but now not so much in the end of the day this shit's not fucking nailed down um this new infectious one, more infectious one, it, it does make me feel uneasy about, okay, well, are places safe? You know, like it, it, with the old strain, the cinema was safe. Is it necessarily with the new strain? Probably, but who knows? So That's 100%. It. it hasn't made it more safe. It's made it a little bit less safe. Is it still safe? Like you say, probably. But it is as, is it as safe as it was before? No. No, exactly. So, you know, it's 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 easy to understand all this stuff, you know, um, I it would be my my I, my thinking now in January is if shit isn't squared away enough by May for Black Widow, then what the fuck has happened? Um, You know, that's like three and a half months away when people are getting vaccinated you know that that would have to be a hell of a thing but you know we shall see what happens but you know the return to the cinema is going to be delayed and it is it is what it is it's sad i'm not very happy about the fact that it looks like no time to die is going to be like october november you know stick that shit out in july why not but yeah. it you know it is what it is 
Um, but let's just, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's not necessarily an oncoming train. And we're going to have loads of shit to look forward to. That, yeah, I, I, that's, the, that's the way, I think, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And, and you know, you, you had um, Netflix basically when, do you know what? Yeah, you're not going to go to the cinema. We're not going to be able to release our films trickle down in the cinema that much. But, hey, do you know what? Let's release a new movie every week for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's some good shit in there. Yeah, there, there, there is. I mean, it's it's interesting because like and, Andrew Dominic's Blonde, for example, it feels to me like if they had that propositioned to them now after Mank, would they necessarily go for it? I think the it's going to be interesting to see how Netflix do with the old awardsy stuff in the years to come because like i saw someone tweeting today as well that ma rainey's black bottom was in their hidden gems thing in netflix and it's like to to be fair it's your film to be fair we looked at the hidden gems section the other day when that came on and there was stuff like what seven was in there (laughs) um there was like some like random ones where you're going I mean, that's not a hidden gem. That's not hidden from anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's um, I, it, it's just odd. But I, yeah, like I say, I wonder. It, I almost feel like if Netflix don't win a bunch of Oscars this year, of all years, do they just go? Oh, fine, fuck you then. Let, let's just make to all the boys I loved before five apocalypse. You know, why not? Um. But yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good old mix of stuff, isn't it? Um, and the Red Notice feels like that thing's been filming for like the last two years, so I'm intrigued to see whatever the fuck that turns yeah, out to I be. I mean, they they literally finished filming that in December, and like you said, they started it a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, I'm I'm. I'm the, the fact that there's going to be some sort of consistency from Netflix is good. I hope they just, I hope they kind of make a bigger deal of, um, of yeah. their stuff. Cause like Mank, right. Over the last few days, Mank has been coming up a lot in my promoted tweets. And it's like, that thing's like fucking six weeks old now. Why? And I, I think it's probably, I, I, I don't know, like, because awards season is afoot, so they're trying to get more eyeballs on it. Um, but it's just like, why weren't you doing that back in December? Well, yeah, the bad thing was, when we watched when we watched Mank, um, I had to search for it. <laughs> How fucking weird is that, though, eh? Yeah, and it, it, don't get me wrong, it's not quite as bad as Amazon, where literally they get something, like, in six weeks' time, whatever it is, when Coming to America 2 comes out. On, on, on Amazon, I thoroughly expect that I'm going to search to it, search for it, and scroll along past about five or six movies before I go in. Oh, there it fucking is, because their algorithm is garbage. Um, it just reminds me of Now TV, where I literally searched the exact title for a film, and it was the fourth one down in the search results. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and Now TV is like that. Um, but in saying that, for, for a movie that we're going to cover later on, I had to search for that as well the other day. And it was like a couple of days after it became available. It it just seems a little bit like they like you say if they they made like a big deal out of it, and it was a specific day, and they went bang, this is the day it comes out. 
Yeah, yeah, I, that, that, yeah. Like, I mean, that, like Sky just... used to do with their premieres before the before Sky went for Sky Premiere is now there's a new Sky Premiere every day, mm. but the majority of it, the majority of it is, is is terrible. But it used to be a new premiere every at least one new premiere every week, and so they used to make a big deal of it being like the big one would yeah. be a Friday night, and it'd be available from the Friday night. There you go. Uh, you know, I think Noel mentioned on the, our, our chat that we have um, that you know that, that that would be a good idea to market it as that. You know, Netflix's Friday night movie. Mm. I, I, I mean, and uh, unfortunately, putting a bit of a negative spin on it again. That's one of those things that just makes it all feel like it's just content. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, this is on Netflix, I suppose. You know, uh, it, it's um. Like somebody was uh, tweeting a few weeks back about the uh, the Christmas Day that Batman and Coming to America were both on BBC One. Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. You know, and it's like BBC One. I think I've been. So, yeah, ninety ninety. Uh, yeah, ninety one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It came to it came to uh, Batman came to terrestrial TV quite quickly, and I I I remember like and I I it's on YouTube as well, which I love. I just remember back when i was a kid so i would have been seven like r- like really really up for batman like when it came out in the cinema but it was like a 15 or whatever my mum bought me like the art of the film book um and um like the day that it was on it was the first time i'd seen it and the one logo was like a moon and then the batman like thing like shone on the moon like for the ident and I, that was like fucking etched in my mind, and it's on YouTube, which was great because it made me realise I didn't imagine it. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, but then you look at the BBC One uh, like Christmas Day schedule this year. I think it was like you had Strictly, uh, Michael McIntyre's The Wheel. I think it was, um, you know, fuck it, East EastEnders, Call the Midwife, like. The films on BBC One basically stopped with Coco after the Queen's speech, and then that was it. And, mm. you know, it's like La La Land was the big Christmas Day film on BBC Two, and it's just on at ten past ten. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I, that, and again, it just, it, it feels like the de-importance of films just through these little ways in, in pop culture but then again, I mean, like predators in Fortnite now. Apparently, you can run around as the predator. So I don't know. Maybe films are as important as ever. I don't know. It's. I think part of that is is, is BBC um, don't want to spend part of their budget on acquiring licensing for films. <laughs> no, I mean I get it, but I mean like Spider-Man: Homecoming was shown three times on the BBC over the Christmas period. Um, it's, you know, I mean, get value for your money and whatnot. And I think that was a premiere. I don't know why I know all this, by the way, but I think that premiered on the 22nd. And it's like, stick Spider-Man Homecoming on on fucking Christmas Day. Do it. It, 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 it is weird. But I think it's weird, I think, because um, part of it, I think, I think we associate um, growing up watching a movie on TV was a thing you did. Yeah. Whereas I don't think now it is. I think I think TV's become a like terrestrial TV, especially has become a whole different medium. I used to we used to always on a Saturday, um, we'd go supermarket shopping on a Friday night, um, and get like the the week's groceries. But Saturday night we'd get like a couple of pizzas and some chips and 
some popcorn and, and like treats and stuff and then Saturday night we'd always build the night around whatever was showing on like BBC One or ITV as the night movie, the night's movie. It was like a whole thing. That's it. I, I used to frequently watch um, Match the Day to finish and then uh, after Match the Day there'd be uh, a movie on. Mm. Um, and at the same time Channel 4 would also have a movie on as well. So I'd always have the choice of one or another of, of these movies, uh, whatever was on BBC or whatever was on uh, Channel 4. And Channel 4 used, literally used to time it so that it, it started like five minutes after Match the Day finished. Mm. Um, I mean, like I watched some fucking great stuff, you know, on that. You know, the first time like I watched, for instance, like uh, Stand By Me and mm. uh, weirdly, I think the first time I watched First Blood was like that. Uh, Warriors, Breakfast Club. Mm. Uh, so many like films that you know that, that now I still watch. You know, yeah. I can't watch them like that. I um, think as well there you've got you've got two choices. You either choose what's on the BBC or you choose what's on Channel Four. Now there's so much choice that you end up spending more time fucking scrolling than you spend watching. Well, I, 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 I think TV now has become almost terrestrial TV has become variety essentially. Mm. It's become mm. a variety channel rather mm. than a, a medium for anything else really. I mean that just that BBC Christmas Day lineup. I mean it was fucking pathetic. Yeah. You know, I mean the Strictly thing. I, you know, we know I'm a fan of Strictly, so I enjoyed that and there was some nice tributes to Caroline Flack in it. So, you know, fair play. But Michael McIntyre's The Wheel, which literally had only started on the BBC like the month before and that gets a Christmas Day special because it's fucking Michael McIntyre. Um, Call the Midwife, which is now every single fucking Christmas day, there's an hour and a half Call the Midwife, and either I have to sit through it either on Christmas Day or Boxing Day morning, because I love my mother-in-law, she she really likes Call, Call the Midwife, and I just have to fucking disengage. What, what I would say then about Call the Midwife is, if you put three stills from me, from from any TV shows and said, and there wasn't a midwife in the shot of that, mm-hmm. and said, which one of these is called a midwife? I would have to look around and go, I don't know. I assume it's about a midwife. I assume, with the fact that it's in the BBC, it's probably set just after the war or something like that. Sounds about right. And, and that is it. But I, I literally, I have no idea about the majority. People will talk to me about TV shows at work and go, oh, did you watch what is it? And I'll nod and go, no, I did not. I did not watch it. I I am I am so thankful that I have a boss who spent her New Year um New Year's Eve playing Mario Kart online with her husband and some friends. You know, <laughs> and it, it it it's just like fair enough. You're doing that right. She's not fucking asking me. Oh, did you watch Love Island last night or anything like that? And because like um one of the other guys on my team, Jan. I can't imagine that he actually knows what Love Island is. And it's not because he's like a, like not up for pop culture or whatever. Like, I just think he's probably just like, I know, just no, you know, and it, 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 you know, so that's the thing. We don't really have those discussions in my previous team. They were talking about Love Island and whatnot constantly. And my, my guys literally will say, uh, will say, Ooh, are you off in the back to do something? It's like, yeah, like, all right, cool, we're going to talk about it. And then they'll mention a TV show. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely off in the back to do something because this just <laughs> sounds horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But, um, 
I mean, they they learned to disengage with me after a while. I mean, like, the you know, the time that I asked my manager if I could leave early and she said, what, so you can go and see cats? And yes. Um, you know, so we, we quickly had that relationship that I won't talk to you about films necessarily. Don't talk to me about TV. So, uh, you know, we squared that off. Um, where were we? Sorry. We were about to head into uh, trailers. Have we got any? I've got a couple. Malcolm and Marie? I haven't got that. Wait, no, wait. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got that. Of course, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. it Malcolm? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. Right. I've been reading up on this film. This is based on the writer-director's real-life experience of coming home from an awards show with his wife and having an argument because he forgot to thank her in a speech. Apparently, that happens in this film and it goes on from there. I'm worried about this one. I'm not. (laughs) I bet you're not. Um, I am well not. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued. But it almost feels like this has been precision tooled to just... Yeah, I mean, God, the fact that this is coming out when everything's still in a lockdown, which I don't think they were probably expecting at the time that they made this, it is going to be the firstiest fucking reaction to any film maybe ever. Like, the, the fuck, like, the groans that people will be uttering during this film yeah would make rodney dangerfield die of embarrassment <laughs> I, 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 am, I am i am very much up for it it's it basically it, it looks like a a hundred minute argument between two very charismatic and very attractive people in black and white fine <laughs> two things about it really really bother me mark and it it could well just be the marketing this is not about about uh, this is not a love story. This is the story of love. Yeah, I think it said. Yes. Fuck right off. And also, maybe the least like uh, justified from visionary director I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 visionary director thing, as as I think I put out there um, before, it really bothers me. Um, because so many of them are, are not visionary. Um, but yeah, it, it's what has he done? It's, it's just the that is it? What's it called? Assassination Nation. No, he, he, he did like a t- Euphoria. It's a Euphoria TV show. He, I'm pretty sure he directed Assassination Nation. I did that, yeah. Well. But I think it's the it, it's, it's, it's Euphoria it's, that they're they're fucking basing that on, which is a show I will never watch because everybody says how good it is. I it am, is really good to be fair. Have you watched it? I've watched some of it. Because yeah. Isbo says it's fucking incredible, doesn't she? Mm. I think it's, I, I, it's I will not never aimed watch at us at our age group and stuff like that, but it it, it is very, very good. I'm 100% old man shouting at a cloud about that, but I don't care. I Yeah, I, I will never watch Euphoria, but I'm glad, I'm glad other people enjoy it. Which is all I will ever say about TV is I won't watch it, but you know what? I'm glad other people enjoy it. Strictly, I don't care, 
but I'm really glad that Ian enjoys it and I'm glad that other people get to sit down on a Saturday night and really enjoy it. So I, it's quite easy with any content or anything like that. I don't have to watch it. So why would I why would I begrudge anybody else doing so? Fair enough. But yeah, I brought, Is Brian Tyree Henry in Euphoria? I'd watch it if he was in it. He might be actually. He's in Atlanta, which makes me oh, want to watch Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, it's Atlanta he's in. Yeah. Still not gonna watch that either. <laughs> yeah. Got Eric Dane in it. I mean if Cam Gigande was in there. Everyone's favourite. Everyone's favourite. Um that's a callback. <laughs> uh I, I have a few trailers that I watched. Hmm. Right. So I'll cover these two first. Um and I'll cover an interesting point about both of them after I've talked about the trailers. Okay. So one's called Horizon Line. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yes. Let's go. Have you watched the trailer for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's two people, three people in a in a plane, and having like a flying lesson, but the pilot dies. So you've got two people stuck in a plane who don't know how to fly a plane and can't land the plane. Mm-hmm. But they're stuck in a plane and it might even be in a storm as well. Okay. I, I, I'm actually quite up for this. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, what do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Horizon Line looks like a lot. Who's the instructor again? Oh, it's fucking Keith. No, Keith David? No. It's Keith David, yeah. Yeah, it is Keith David. It's yeah. Keith David. Who you look at him and go... Keith David literally stopped getting any older about 20 years ago, didn't he? <laughs> oh, it's like Samuel L. Jackson, isn't it? it, it it's yes, yeah, it, um, yeah, no, brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm fucking bang up for Horizon Line. Why not? You know, it's one of those, it's one of those one watches you never think about it again. But I think you'll be well into it for that like 80, 90 minutes or so. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 a Tuesday night motherfucker. That one is. <laughs> Did it help for you that Alison Williams is in it and she seems like a real bitch? It doesn't harm it. No. No. Fuck it. Right. Okay. Slight tangent. I can't remember because obviously we would have reviewed Get Out on here. Yeah. What were your thoughts from a like step on me um, aspect about uh, Alison Williams in, in Get Out? Oh, once she turned, she got instantly more attractive. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most attractive bit is after you know after she's turned and she's sat there and she's got like the she's essentially just going oh I'm an absolute evil person when she's got like the tea out and she's just going through all the bits it was a bit like oh you've just got a lot hotter <laughs> yeah okay. for no apparent reason oh shit that fucking Netflix film I care a lot where Rosamund Pike plays like the care home worker who's ripping old people off. Like you need, I need to know what your average heart rate is watching that film, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will keep track of it. And we do. Um, the next one I watched is a trailer called Adverse. That's a 2020 movie that can count for catch up. What? I care a lot. It's on Netflix next month. Next month, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's called Adverse, and I remember very little about the trailer. Apart from Mickey Rock is in it, and there's a lot yeah. of close-ups to his face. And all I was thinking was, I really hope this movie isn't in 4K because Mickey Rock's face isn't made for 4K nowadays. God no. Um, oh, it'll, it'll be fuck. It'll be melting like Rudy Giuliani's like hair dye. It, yeah, it fucking will. Um, there's a bit where you, I'm looking at it going right. 
and I didn't clean my glass at this time. I'm going, that looks like um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, but it's not. It's um, Thomas Nichols, the guy from uh, American Pie. In it. Which I was watching going, wait a minute, is that the guy from American Pie Rookie of the Year? Turns out it is, yes. Right? Adverse doesn't look very good. Um, but what was very interesting about Adverse and Horizon Line was this. These trailers have both just come out in the past couple of days, right? They're both available now to watch on VOD. They're not available in six weeks, in three months, or anything like that. They're available now. Yeah. Is this going to be a thing where they're going, do you know what? People are at home. They aren't able to go to the cinema. Fuck it. Let's advertise movies that are available on VOD now that people haven't really, that we wouldn't normally, what is it? Like, are we going to start getting trailers coming out for The Kid Detective again because it's available on VOD now? <laughs> and bits like that. It's just quite a good idea. Because... I watch a trailer for Horizon Line, and it says, available April 16th. By the time it's April 16th, I've forgotten Horizon Line exists. Mm. And I won't give a shit until I see it on Netflix. Right? But now, I'm looking at it going, Horizon Line. All right, I could watch that tonight if I wanted to. Not saying I'm gonna, but the immediacy of being able to, of going, oh, I'm interested in that. Fuck it, I can watch that now. It, it, it's quite a good idea for, for these these strange times we're living. Mm. And then the last one, the United States versus Billy Holiday. I didn't see this one. Yeah, okay. Uh, looks really fucking good. Looks like they're going for the juggler a little bit. Yeah. Um, with it. it. It's basically, it is the story of um, essentially the United States government trying to take on... Um, Billy Holiday to censorship because um, she refused to stop singing Strange Fruit. Right. Um, and so they were indicting her for uh, incitement, essentially, mm. um, for this, because at the same time, she was also refusing to play concerts where um, there was segregation in the audience, um, etc. And they'd kind of like, they'd, they'd essentially just started pushing her, but it was like a con- you know, essentially, the US government had a meeting where they actually met up to essentially work out how they could attack her and destroy her. Right. Essentially. And realised, you know what we can do is if we keep pushing and pushing and pushing her, remember, she's a heroin addict. Hopefully, she'll overdose. Yeah. Bloody hell. And that, that, that literally, that's, that's a, a proper meeting that people who are at the meeting have admitted was what they did was they basically tried to get her to die from... What is it? I think... I, I, might, I might be wildly off the mark here, but it was literally, right, we, we're not... If we can arrest her with an amount of drugs that we can prosecute her for trafficking, do it. If it's just going to be possession, don't, because we want her to die from it. Oh. Yeah. So that looks like it could be very, very interesting. Mm. Uh, and I think it's it's out February. February. On the on the Netflix. On the Netflix. On the Netflix, yes. Oh one one bit of movie news we, we didn't mention. Um Brendan Fraser is gonna be starring in Darren Aronofsky's new film, which is about a guy who shuts himself in and eats himself to death. Yeah. Called Whale. 
fuck it i that sounds like the saddest film ever made i don't know whether i'm going to be able to watch that the thing is we've been saying for a while of x that we'd like brendan fraser to make like to, to have like a film where he makes a bit of a comeback. i want him to have a comeback so bad but yeah. this isn't the way but surely it, but then when i saw it and it went, it went brendan fraser's back I thought yes nice he's gonna be in something big and it went darren aronofsky i was like oh no <laughs> and, then, and then it went the whale and i read the synopsis was like oh that's not how you come back brendog that's not how you come back it just sounds so fucking sad he's like because he's lost that... loads of weight as well but i mean it's that actor who you know has had a, a series of problems and whatnot you know and but for all intents and purposes seems like a really good guy yeah and he's getting this chance with this director and what does he have to play that character i just which which i think all in 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 our brains right now we're all going ah is it gonna be like dwight goodman at the end of fucking dodgeball throughout the entire thing but that but just a really miserable version of it it just i I, who puts I, I don't know I mean there must be some sort of financing logic behind it but what A24 oh, <laughs> is it A24 yeah of course it fucking is Aronofsky the only person that would give him money is fucking Megan Ellison of course it's A24 no that's Annapurna Pictures that's, that's, yeah actually no it, it's, uh, what's the name from A24 that, that's the only people that will put money towards Darren Aronofsky nowadays because he makes movies that cost $90 million that don't look like they cost $90 million and don't make $90 million. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... I'm not sure how I feel about A24. I'll be honest. Like, they're, they're, they seem to be as bothered by how cool they are as they are with what films they make and a phrase that you use a lot they are very much high on the smell of their own farts yeah yeah that literally should be their slogan they're the guys that did midsummer and hereditary aren't they yeah yeah which are are two movies that i still can't work out if they're any good or not and i know people out there love them i'm not saying that that i think that they are bad movies just for me it, it, it landed at a different fucking side for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, you know, but I mean, they put out Under the Silver Lake, which is, a, I think it was Robbie Collins said on Twitter the other day, like, that's the film that people are going to be reevaluating in the years to come. And yes. Yeah, 100%. That thing. Because it's fucking brilliant. That's on movie, actually. I don't mind rewatching that. Yeah. I, like, and I swear to God, that film was what it had to say about white men feeling displeased about their situation is very apropos. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, that, that was a fast, slight tangent. That was a fascinating one just because, you know, it came after it follows, which everyone fucking fell over themselves trying to jerk him off like uh, over and then Under the Silver Lake comes out and immediately he's dropped like a hot rock. Yeah, when, it was literally, it was literally like, like, oh, it's amazing, amazing. And then he came up with that and like, whoa, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and then you went, but it did seem to be, if you liked It Follows, you despised Under the Silver Lake. Mm. If you thought It Follows was just bobbins, 
you really quite like Thunder Silver Lake. I mean, that, that's it. Got me back on board for him. That's the. I mean, that that one fucking scene where that old guy is basically telling him that he is this like insidious subversive element that it just has essentially created the world around pop culture bollocks yeah uh, it's fucking incredible that scene it is it, it, it's it's a little bit that film is southland is his southland tales yeah. but it works yeah i it, i just i wonder if that film put a mirror up to quite a lot of people and they didn't like what they saw like yes. It absolutely 100% fucking did. I, I, yeah, I think we're going to rewatch that at some point. I have to probably catch up. Fucking. Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having another go at Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, I think we should have a pop at that. Let's, let's get that done in the next few weeks. Let's not forget that. Uh, another trailer. Right? Another, another trailer. Trailer. You've trailer. You've seen this one, though, Bex. Have I? Yes. The first trailer, or yeah, well, trailer, it's it put down as a trailer for Cherry came out. Did you watch mm. this, Ian? Hmm. You did. Hmm. So, how the fuck is that a trailer? <laughs> yeah, it's it, not, is it? No. I mean, it's just a thing. It's it, it's a short little bit of a scene, and then it just ends. It's it. It, it's like the marketing person for this is having some kind of breakdown and he's just not having a good week. Do you know what? And I, you know, I, I sympathise. I feel that. The, you know, there was the weirdness with the, the, the poster. poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this film is just not having a lot of luck. It's not, no. And it looks boring. Yeah, it does, yeah. It looks really boring. It, it's a bit like, it, the whole movie's a bit like, not now. Not now. Just move along. Move along. Can't be asked with you. It, 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 it does make me laugh that the Russo brothers have taken their goodwill from, um, you know, for, from Marvel. And they've made 21 Bridges, which was the most straight down the line 7 out of 10 film that's ever 7 out of 10. Yeah, it was fine. It was all right. I enjoyed it. Uh, um, ask me to what happened in it, and I will literally go Sienna Miller's weird accent. Yeah, little bit pissed off that that was one of the last things that Chadwick Boseman did. I won't lie. Um, like bless him. Like that. That that is a film that is not made by someone who thinks I may well die very soon. Yeah, you know, like, and it's just it's very it's very sad. Um, and then, you know, I think one of them co-wrote Extraction and produced it. And it's like, yeah, cool. You know, there's, there's Chris Hemsworth. Good on you. And then some of the early word on Cherry. I think I saw someone on Letterboxd the other day say, well, I didn't know the Russo brothers would direct a film like a, a music video director in the early part of the last decade. It was like, oh, wow. So are, are we are we talking that this is... Uh, this is the Russo Brothers version of Jonas Ackerlund's Spun. It could be. It's Apple but TV as it well. It looks boring. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's Apple TV, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God, Spun. I, I literally haven't felt that on you for a long time. Can you imagine if that came out now? Oh, 
Yeah. Imagine. Where he, he literally, he takes home a girl, leaves her tied to his bed, and then keeps forgetting to unlock her. Oh, and Brittany Murphy? Yes. I don't really remember it. I remember Brittany Murphy. Oh, I might have to rewatch Spun. Is it on out? Fucking hell, that's a, it's a fucking cast to win Spun. Mm. It is. I might have to give that a fucking rewatch. <laughs> That one feels to me, Mark, in your um, in your in your furlough life, that that's going to be like a quarter to eleven in the morning on a Thursday watch. It, it, it is. <laughs> it is going to be that. It's going to be a ah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> I wouldn't mind you watching that. Well, that's your tough shit, isn't it? To make yourself available at quarter to eleven on a Thursday. <laughs> I don't really have that option. <laughs> Well, what I'll say there, Becky, is if we go into a further lockdown, there we go. She has to pay for her incompetence. Is this about money? No. Is it? Is it about what, what people think? It's about you. It's about you having to face this. I am and... facing this. I am facing it! I am facing this! Well, I don't think you are. We need... We need some justice here. No, you need... That is what you want. That is what you need. That is that is your way. That is not my way. That is what you need. Martha, if you had done it my way, you'd be holding your baby in your arms right now. So, Pieces of a Woman, which we'll cover first. Let's go for that. Uh, is uh, a film uh, written by um, Kata Weber and directed by Cornel Mundruxo. Yeah, why not? I'm going with that. I don't think I've brutalised it too much. No. Did see the director's name come up when we were watching the credits for the film and went, ah, fuck, I'm hosting this week, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Prepare to get offended, Cornell. Stars <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanessa Kirby, Shia LaBeouf, Molly Parker, Sarah Snook, uh, Eliza Schesslinger, Benny Safdie uh, and Ellen Bernstein. Uh, and what is it the story of? Well, it's a story of Martha, uh, played by Vanessa Kirby, and Sean, um, played by... Shia LaBeouf and the unfortunate events happening after um, Martha has a miscarriage during a home birth and how she deals with it and the people around her deal with it. Um, it opens with, there's no spoiler, yeah, I'll spoil all the time there, but I don't think that in any way that could be a spoiler because it is literally the opening 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um so, yeah, big sort of awards push contender, mostly for Vanessa Kirby for this one, I would say. Um, but, Ian, what were your thoughts on uh, Pieces of Woman? Yeah, yeah. so uh, coming to it, I really wasn't looking forward to it, in all honesty. Um, I, I, you know, I'd heard about the, the birth scene and, um, you know, stuff involving kids and babies and whatnot, like, not. I, I, I walk on eggshells for that kind of stuff, and uh, I, I had to skip bits of the uh, of the initial sequence. I'll be honest, and um, yeah, I, 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 I was kind of bothered by how they how they almost kind of like fake you out with that. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know, and I'm sure it happens. I understand, but I was fully expecting a stillbirth, and then for the kid to actually be alive and crying for a bit, with, and then yeah. Um, it's obviously the standout section of the film the rest of it um as as i think you know a lot of people have said is it's fine it, it it's it's all it, it's good 
I think Vanessa Kirby is uh, very good. Ellen Burstyn is having to deal with some fucking ripe material. Um, But I think she does a a good job. But just that, that, the whole her not liking Shia LaBeouf and then just offering him money to fuck, like, nah. I, it was an odd mix of just been there done that melodrama and very very raw stuff can i can i, can I part the, the money thing right when she walks over there's a few points like this within this movie that i'll, 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 I'll bring up when um, it's my turn to be honest but to just interrupt it that's on that bit when she walked over and she was about to write summer in i turned out a bit didn't i and said wouldn't it be funny if she was writing a check and then just went and said to the shine above there you go i'll give you that if you fuck off and then it happened, they were like, I was like, joking. I can't believe that that is what is actually happening. We then got into a conversation about how little my parents would actually offer Mark. No, <laughs> because I said to you, what I'd do then is I'd use a small portion of the money to get a disguise, and then I'd come back. Still have taken it. But I'd come back in a disguise. Mother, father, this is my new bo- boyfriend, Fark Moster. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was that. Yeah, so, I, no, no, it's all good. It, and, and yeah, one hundred percent, dude. That's that, that. That's pretty much like where I was going with that, you know. Um, but I mean, that, but within that kind of like area of the film, you've also got like the long one shot kind of thing, where they're, like they're randomly talking about the white stripes, which made me feel old. Where Sarah Snook's like, yeah, I've never fucking heard of them, you know, but um. You know, and it, uh, it, it just, I, I, I think the bits, the pieces of it are good, but I didn't really, I, I, I didn't like the whole all that much. Like, I can't say it's shit, but I can't say I particularly liked it either. Um, and also, I, I believe that Shia LaBeouf was just turned up to work every day and said, right, so I'm just going to play you're going to give me the situation. I'm just going to play this exactly how I would play it. Yeah. All right, then. Fair enough. Yeah, let's go. Made me feel very, very fucking uncomfortable. Um, it, it just felt like, to me, like with all the stuff that's come out about Shia LaBeouf, that just kind of made that one fucking scene with Vanessa Kirby, like where he's trying to have sex with her. It's just like, I bet he fucking does that all the time. And I don't know. I don't think you can let that colour your opinion. That's just bad fucking writing because it comes out of nowhere. Like he that that's not something you get from his character before that point that he would. But you get afterwards. You do, but it's like it's oh, a yeah, complete yeah. pivot from oh. his character. He goes from being like, "Stop being so cold. Talk to me." You know, you know, you get a vibe that he's like, I, I, "I'm in this situation too," and she's kind of shutting him out. And you kind of, I was saying to you, wasn't I? It, it, it felt like oh maybe this is going to be an interesting take because these things are all always presented from the viewpoint of the woman because it's the woman who's physically gone through mm. it and maybe this is going to do it differently and then it just doesn't and I think I think that that's a shame really because there's a good yeah. film there it's that's, just not teased out that's exactly fucking perfect Bex perfect there's a good film in there but they just haven't teased it out that's that's mm. pieces of a woman um but at the same time, if Vanessa Kirby wins Best Actress, wouldn't begrudge her. Hmm. Next. 
Yeah, I mean, very similar to honest. It, it starts really strong. The that that opening sequence before the title card comes up is viscerally uncomfortable. Like it, yeah. You you feel that along with them and go on. But I do, I, and I, I, I 100% agree with you. But I think part of it is as well because you because going in, you know what the rest of the story is about. You're you're not you're not waiting for the birth of a child. You're waiting for the death of a baby. No, but even so, like I think as a birth scene, I think a lot of times in Hollywood movies they're done very, very over the top, and there's a lot of screaming and it. But it's also quite quick and yeah. it, it's just not realistic. Whereas this one was, it's drawn out and it's dragged out, and you're in that situation with them going through this kind of stuff, and then there's the doubts and the and the pain and the do I push and, and it, it's. I think it's just it, that's really well done, and it it makes me sad that that quality of filmmaking wasn't carried on past that title card. Like it literally drops off a fucking cliff after that point for me. Mm. It's it's kind of boring. Nothing really happens. The writing is ropey. There's massive inconsistencies. Like like the one that that bothered you about the car. They can afford this massive massive ap- uh, apartment in Boston. Mm. But they can't afford a car. Mm. I mean, that doesn't seem. Yeah. That doesn't track. Nope. Um. And just yeah. Again, like I said before, I, you kind of, I kind of felt maybe it was going to take it in this interesting direction of of, you know, this is her grieving process versus his grieving process, and her grieving process is shutting him out, and it's going to explore, you know, the father in this situation's side of it. But it just takes it in a completely different direction, and as in being. A bit creepy and trying to force sex on her and then when when that doesn't happen going off and fucking her cousin like it, it just felt really like badly written and it doesn't do his the early character that he plays in this movie it doesn't do him any justice no so yeah i, I mean i thought shia LaBeouf was good in it i know he's, he's problematic and we're all supposed to hate him but he, the film's the film and we watched the film with him in it so on his performance regardless so i i thought he, he was good in it um vanessa kirby very good in it alan burstyn very good in it um is it molly parker that plays the midwife yes very yeah, good yeah. in it yeah, yeah very good like her her reactions to everything are so kind of like it, it, it's not an exact science and especially if you're not in like a medical environment there's so many things that can go wrong and she's you kind of get the feeling that she's reacting and, and trying to do her best, but one small mistake can lead to something catastrophic, which it does. But then does she make a mistake? You know, she, she tells them they might need to go to the hospital. You know, Vanessa Kirby does fight her on that. She tells them to call an ambulance. He does. And is it just one of these really tragic things that's, that sometimes happen? Mm. You know, I, I, I really, I really felt for her character when like, Ellen Burstyn's in the background slagging her off and saying we need to fucking take her down and all this kind of shit. Like I'm paraphrasing there, obviously. Um, I'm kind of there, like, but really, did she do anything wrong, or was it just a tragic accident? Like, I kind of really felt for the midwife lady. Yes. And was baffled, wasn't I, about the whole American healthcare system? Yes, yeah, you, 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 were, you were baffled by the whole <laughs> American. Why did they just go to a hospital? Because it cost about thirty grand to have a kid in, in America in a hospital. All oh, right. Okay. But like when something goes wrong, then you go to the hospital. Like, look, if you you need to like book in. Oh God, right, okay. Fuck them out there. 
Yeah, I was quite confused about that. Yes. Um, yeah. Cool, right. Um, the, 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 the bursting of the opening 30 minutes is very, it, it, it's very engaging. I, I, I was shocked to realise that it was 30 minutes. When the title card came up and said Bizzle, and I, I, I paused it to go, geez, fucking, all right, fine, title card there. Mm. Um, and then when looked and went, geez, that was half an hour. That's like, you know, a quarter of the movie. Mm. Um, but it, the weird thing was I was aware that it, it was that long, that it was like a 28-minute or, or, or so scene. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's very strong. It's very good filmmaking. It's very well acted. And it, it, it works. And it, it, it feels it feels like that's that would be something that happened. And then I thought, like, you step back, the, the rest of it just goes off a cliff and it just becomes a collection of of bad writing and Vanessa Kirby walking uh, an awful lot. Um, and I, I, I noticed, I thought, oh, there's some interesting directorial... Some interesting walking. ...flourishes in here, <laughs> or, or bits that are going on, because it's... Once you've got past the... Once the title card comes up, you've essentially, you've got... And I said it to you, but it's like, you've essentially got a three-part movie. It's a four-part movie, but you've got three parts after that title card of the um, the, the opening bit from you know her, her, her until Shia LaBeouf falls off the wagon, then the middle bit, and then the bit after the the kind of almost intervention that her mum tries to pull in, and it's almost split into three little bits there. And I noticed that for the first bit of it, she's always wearing something red. It's always like she's wearing a red coat, then she's wearing a red top, then she's wearing red boots. And then after that, you've got, she's always wearing something blue. And I was like, all right, this is interesting. You know, some directors, you know, have done this. And then the, the bit, the first scene after when, you know, the, there's that weird kind of almost, like I say, intervention thing at the house where she fucks, tells Shadow Bob to fuck off. She's, she's wearing something green. I went, all right, are we in the green phase now? No. No, just went, it, 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 it was just either a real coincidence or the director just forgot that he was doing that. <laughs> and I can't work out what it is because it's a hell of a coincidence if it is. Mm. Or it's the colour palette. But then it doesn't follow. Mm. But even things like the... The bridge, what did you mean? The bridge fucking metaphor bugged the shit out of me. Oh, yes. Because I was like, why do they keep going back to that to show you the date? Oh, it's the bridges building. Fair enough. Guarantee you that at the end of it, when she's come to terms with it and everything's gone and everyone's getting better, we're going to see the bridge fully built. Also, I turned out you didn't have X. Did. You know when she's got the, when she's buying the book on seeding? Sprouting. Sprouting, sorry. Sprouting. There. Um, and then the next scene is her with the apple seeds. So what you with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I'm just listening. Sorry, dude. Yeah, you know the next bit is like with the with the apple seeds, and she's got all the fucking bits of apple, and she's getting the seeds, and she's preparing to, yeah, to to put them in for a, a sprouting process. I turned out a Bex and went. Almost last shot of this movie is going to be next to a window with light shining through, <laughs> and her going over and getting those out of the fridge opening it up and seeing them starting to sprout. What fucking happens? That fucking happens. The whole movie after that title card, just the more I think about it, the more I just think it's not very good. 
it might be well acted it might look all right it might look pretty but it's not very good there's no and the reason why it's not very good is the only reason it gives us to give a shit about these people mm. is they lost a baby mm. why right so there is yeah like you said there's literally no there's, there's no character building at all that is there we don't know right so they can't afford to buy a car but they have this big massive apartment in the middle of boston she seems a really good job because she's got her own fucking office right he seems like he's in a high up place building this this bridge but it, none of it fucking adds up you get no development about why they're a fucking couple at all they don't seem like they're right for each other whatsoever but we get but we don't get any of the opposites attract kind of thing no. or the well you know we get it that he's poor because he mentions that he's poor um no, ellen bernstein actually mentions that i don't like you and it's not because you're poor <laughs> yeah. but we don't get why Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf's characters are together because they don't seem compatible. No. But we don't get the a scene of, of him going, I don't know why you're with me, or it's because this or this. We don't get any of that. We just get the fact that you watch it going, no, you're right, they don't seem like they'd well, be good it, together. You don't get that because Shia LaBeouf would not ask a real-life woman that, and so this character doesn't ask that. But and it's, not, it's, it's the writing. It's, it's just shit. You get a bit where his, what he says is sorry. It's a it's a bit I'm doing and it's obviously not working. So I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's a bit where there's a point that I can prove why the writing is terrible in this movie. Is there's a bit where he's just fucked his wife's cousin in her office. And starts talking about the fucking bridge. And he starts resonates. off at the bridge, right? <laughs> but the thing is, he never finishes the story. He's talking about it, but they don't actually finish the fucking story. And it's like, it's just meandering crap. And then the the fucking... ah, Benny Safdie should stick to fucking writing and directing, by the way, because he's not a good actor. But then you've got him with the the awkwardness of, of when he's going on about, you know, the kids thing. And then he realises, oh, I shouldn't be saying this. I realise what I've done here. Mm. But then acts like a prick about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. One bit that did amuse me was when she goes round to her mother's house and one of the first things she says to her is, would you like to borrow a hairbrush? Dad said a couple of times, Vanessa, mate, brush your hair, you're better than that. And then even Ellen Burstyn said it. (laughs) But then Ellen Bernstein telling that fucking weird story. Oh, yeah, about being born onto a bunch of floorboards. Yeah, and then <laughs> going to the doctor. And it's like, it's like, right, you were a baby, so clearly you don't remember this, right? This isn't a fucking fun childhood story your mother should have told you. It sounds horrible. And also, it's probably not true. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Ellen Burstyn's old now, but she's not like lived in frontier country old, is she? No. It, it's. I, oh, right. Yeah. I, 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 it, it's a good opening 30 minutes. It's a good short film. I was going to say that. It's a good short. If they stopped it where the title card comes on, it's, good, it's a good short. And she seems. Do you know what? 
Vanessa Kirby, the woman in Pieces of Woman, seems to be the one who's dealing with it all right. She seems to be the one who's together dealing with what's going on. She's just not dealing with it, is she? That's the thing. She's just... But that's her process. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's very good, to be honest. No, it's not. It's, it, it will be on my disappointments for you, because I, I, I kind of went into this thinking this is going to be hard work and it's going to be bleak, but it's going to be good. It won't. But the acting is, is really good. Isn't it? And the film isn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that that's the thing. It's like when the acting in a film is really good, can you then still call the film shit? But, right. I, I don't think one. you can. That's the thing. <laughs> Another one. Why add the, the mother might have dementia thing in the middle of it? Yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. Why? Either. What's the point? Mm. And then the, and then the, you're going for a hyper realism of a movie, right? By showing a realistic birth bit. Yeah. And then have the the big moment at the end be, oh, I want to address the court and say something. Well, that's highly unorthodox, but why the fuck not? Yeah. That's like that would happen. Have your moment, lady. Sit down. Literally, her go, you know, I don't think what is it? And then the judge go, well, that's convinced me. Get the fuck out, everybody. It's like, right, it's this was this was state versus <laughs> this woman. Yeah. It wasn't Vanessa Kirby's character versus oh, no. I mean, woman. No, I mean, uh, Molly Parker is still found guilty. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's like, we're just going, thank you. Oh, no, you're still going to prison. <laughs> but, yeah, because this is the thing. It's like the, the whole thing is she didn't tell... Vanessa Kirby that there was an issue with like that 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 was the issue with the bubba and yeah you know she really didn't do right by the baby in that situation but she did tell Shyla Burf though and Shyla Burf talked talk to her and said look we might need to go to the hospital and she kicked off but should she not have said no you need to go to the hospital. The baby's life is in danger. That's the key bit. Yeah, she didn't say that. She did say that, but it was too late by that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm that, not saying I'm not saying that Molly Parker's character meant to harm the baby. To to be clear, uh, I, I you know it it, it just to, to, you know the film. Because, I don't know, the film slightly tries to have its cake and eat it as well. Because the last scene bothered me as well. Oh, the, the fucking orchard scene? Yeah. Yeah, bullshit. You know, it, it's... If, oh, no, yeah. if that's the fucking one she planted, what would that fucking big by now? No. But, I mean, tree planting aside, it's... You know, I... Okay, cool. That character had a happy ending. I, you know, that's that's nice. It doesn't feel in keeping with the rest of the film. You know, I think the film needs to leave you on a note of she did the right thing and now she's going to live her life, given what has come before. But no, we're going to get now. Here we go. Like five years later in this idyllic land and. Is it isn't this lovely? I mean, weirdly, that's similar to a problem I have with the other film we're going to cover. It, 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 but 
not not i mean uh, kerry mulligan isn't up a tree in the end of promising young woman or anything but um yeah i i just it's it, it, it the film just feels I, I I don't know why these actors were dr- necessarily drawn to this material. It like it kind of feels beneath them. It because there's a good film in there. It's just not what ended up on screen. Like, it, it, you read that and it's it's on page and then you don't see how it's going to finally be done. But I I don't I I I respectfully disagree with that, Bex. Just because. You know, Mark pointed out that bit earlier on. It's like, I would like to address the court. Well, this is most unusual, but I'd like to see what she's got to say. You know, and um, I mean, just the, the fucking whiplash of Vanessa Kirby chewing out Ellen Burstyn, then Ellen Burstyn talking about her fucking horrific sounding childhood. It was like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. And that, that, that's what I said earlier on, ripe material. It's and that. also as well, yeah, Ellen Burstyn basically saying... Well, if you'd listen to me, your baby wouldn't be dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and and then Ellen Burstyn having a conversation with Shia LaBeouf and saying, "How many zeros do I need to put on the end of this for you to fuck off?" And then uh, yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't fight it. No, he, just, I, I mean, he, just, he basically he basically tries to ask her cousin to come with him, who essentially sees where the conversation's going and goes. Ah, oh, fuck this shit. I'm off. <laughs> no, yeah, and then what? And then what is that scene when they're driving back? Because it literally looks like they got in the car. He said, "Can you drop me off at the airport?" She said, "Yeah, all right then." And that was it. Yep. And then, and then that's it. Yeah, like you say. And he was never seen again. No, I mean that. That's that, that's it. And then he just disappeared. Ah oh, fuck! It's a no. Do you know what? I've talked myself into it. This is a bad film. Yeah. It's it's a bad film that is elevated by the performances, but I don't think the performances save it. It's it's a bad film masquerading as a as a as a poignant movie that it almost feels a little bit like you're not allowed to criticise it too much because then you'd yeah. be criticising a dead baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can't criticize dead babies. I'm not what criticizing the dead baby. Terrible. I'm criticizing you know, the light fucking five year old climbing the tree. Yeah, fuck that girl. Yeah, she's fuck alive. Her. I can tell her to piss off. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So I, I mean, I am. Um, I'm very more on shit than I am touching cloth. I mean, yeah, it's shit. We we've just had the greatest Twitter question of all time. I just had a notification on my watch, and I can't wait. <laughs> Um, I haven't looked at that, but I'll look at it in a second. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, we did discuss that earlier, didn't we? Can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to say I, uh, I, I touching cloth because I think the performances are great. The film around the performances is a bad film. Yeah. I, I I I think I'm there as well. Touching cloth. Where are you, Bex? Yeah, I think you probably balances out at touching cloth because the film's shit. The acting's definitely not shit. So if you take in between the two. Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. If Vanessa Kirby wins best actress for it, I won't begrudge you that. It it it's a future answer in 
what performance do you really like in a film that's not great? Yeah. It's mm. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. And it, I think it's been backed up by the fact that it, it, it came out on Friday and already people are no longer talking about it. Mm. It, yeah, I mean, it, and I, I will say as well, I kind of think Netflix maybe need to put a bit of a trigger warning on the start of the film, and just because it's currently in their trending section and in their top ten section, and it says genre tear jerking, <laughs> and it, I, you know, it's like random person looking through Netflix sees, oh, there's the girl who played Princess Margaret in the first couple seasons of The Crown. And, okay, that, if, if you watch The Crown, you deserve it anyway. I, I, hey, come on now. Uh, but I, I don't watch The Crown, but <laughs> I, you know, I, but like I it just the it slightly feels because what I what does it say? You know, um, it, it comes up with the like the uh, the BBFC rating and like the description in the top left when you start a Netflix film. Now, yeah. it's like what does that actually? Does it say like scenes of? distressing childbirth was i just i i need um do you know what i'm gonna have a look at it now fucking i just it, it that does bother me because if i didn't know that was where it was going because I, okay let's have a look pieces of a woman right fucking i feel like they make it fairly obvious in like the trailer and the synopsis though okay so Say I didn't look at the synopsis because the synopsis does say a breathtaking, uh, a heartbreaking, breathtaking, heartbreaking <laughs> home birth. Um, right, put it back to the start. You gonna show me this shit or not? Come on. What's on? What He's checking on uh, Netflix if there's a trigger warning of any description. I don't think so. I, didn't I just want to see what it says to like 15, and then the contains blah blah blah. Uh, it's nudity, language, violence, drug misuse. Yeah. Surely, surely the BBFC should be putting something on there about. Um, and I, I know it's a plot spoiler for films, but. I don't think it is a plot spoiler for that film. But I mean, it's just in general, like to have something there saying scene of infant death or something. Am I am I sounding crazy here? Like just. Like so, if, if 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 you know, say for instance, you you know you, you you've been unfortunate enough to have like a, a, a one of your ch- a, a children die at a young age or something like that, and then you stick on this film, you haven't seen the synopsis or anything, to have something there just saying contains um a, a infant death or like infant death death is just in the description. I just, I'm not, I'm not, it's one of those that I think, it's not, I think they have a list of things that they have to pick from to say, right, well, it has that, 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 and that, and that, and that. And I just think that it would seem like infant death isn't in that. I just, I don't know, like, there's a lot of parents in the world, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just being overly sensitive, but I, I, you know, I'd be intrigued people listening, you know, like, uh, kind of like at us, you know, I, I, I'd be intrigued to see how what what people would think of that but it just yeah yeah I, I, just the fact that it is that that opening 20 25, 25 minutes or so is very very well done yeah um i absolutely 100 agree and it's very effective in what it does 
it's very effective you know it's if if that were the movie and it was a short movie you'd be like holy fucking shit yeah yeah but it's not the rest of it is attacked on the back of it and it, it, it doesn't work Touching cloth, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, see what you mean, though, Ian. If you went into that blind, you might be a bit like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 There, there, could, there could be a bit of a. Have I just watched 30 minutes of something where it's a baby dying? No, I don't see really how much more they can do other than be very clear about it in both the trailer and the. Yeah. And the movie description. Um, well, our audience, yeah. definitely not shit 60% and touching cloth 40%. So we're not the only ones that were a little bit like, yeah. Yeah. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, should we do what you've been watching and then promising a woman, or should we do? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah. Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Break it up a bit. Uh, yeah, cool. So, um, uh, in in conjunction with with a film that we're going to be uh, talking about later, um, or later on in what we watched, uh, I watched Waking Sleeping Beauty. Have you, have you guys ever seen this? Waking Sleeping Beauty? No, it's a, wait, it's wait. a documentary. No, I have not. Right, it's on Disney Plus, and really interesting because it was produced independently of disney at the time and it's um don Hahn, i believe his name is who um was in disney animation um and it, it chronicles the time uh in like the mid 80s to the mid 90s where a uh, particular film had basically represented the nadir of disney financially and how disney kind of got themselves out uh, disney animation specifically got themselves out of it and um so it's essentially about the uh, the time of michael eisner and jeffrey katzenberg 
um, who were very, very big deals in um, in in Disney. And Katzenberg left Disney in uh, uh, not great terms. And when DreamWorks was set up, it was originally called uh, DreamWorks SKG, which was Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen. Um, so that's kind of like how big a deal that guy was. Um, and, and so it's about him and Michael Eisner coming to Disney animation and basically ripping everything up and almost kind of like starting over again. And um, it's this very frank look at the troubles in Disney management at that time. Ooh. And I'm really surprised that Disney themselves now have kind of like, oh, like, said we're gonna own this and put it on disney plus um like there's an awful lot of stuff about bad blood between um eisner and katzenberg and roy disney um who was uh walt disney's nephew um disney yeah roy 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 disney wow what it just it just doesn't seem it doesn't flow what it, it doesn't flow off the tongue roy disney it's because you're so used to Walt Disney. Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. When someone goes, it's Roy Disney here. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a fuck. Yeah, no, it's a really fucking interesting documentary. Um, and, you know, because it's told also for, kind of like from the animator's perspective. So it was like, we were kind of just doing our thing and trying to live our lives and get through this while all that shit was happening. It's like, it's 85 minutes long and really, really fucking interesting shit. Um, I think I might get to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you'd enjoy it, man. Um, it's not, it's not like gossipy or anything. It, it's just, it's very, this is how it was. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. no, good. Yeah. You, you should. Um, Friday night, just wanted to stick on a kind of a blockbuster, you know, and just like, I haven't really seen a properly big film in a while. I was looking through the MCU films, and it's the one MCU film that Donna's not seen, I believe. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger, which obviously you guys uh, watched not uh, not long ago, so I won't spend yeah. too much time on it. And I really, I really like the first Avenger just because it, you know, set in a different time. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. The Red Skull's quite an interesting uh, villain visually. Um, you know, it's got a fucking musical number in it. It just, it, it feels like one of those idiosyncratic MCU films. And I think that directors are allowed to bring their own style to the MCU to a certain extent. But First Avenger feels like one of the big ones there. And I, I just, I, I really like it. And Don had a good time with it as well. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and let me just have a quick look here. Yeah. Okay. So apart from the one that we're all going to talk about. Right. So I think I said last week or the, uh, the week before, the only way I can get Lottie to watch films is by just like putting it on. And then she's like, what's this? And then starts watching it. <laughs> yep did that last week and it worked and it was more like i kind of wanted to see what she thought of it but it was also there's a robert rodriguez film on netflix fuck it go on then so this is the film that apparently 42 million households worldwide have uh, watched in netflix definition of watched over the christmas holiday period this is we can be heroes 
which Lottie has now watched twice and has been watching behind the scenes stuff on it on YouTube Kids. <laughs> She's re- she really fucking liked it. So, um, he's, based- Rodriguez, he's got a way with making kids films. He does. He does. He did do the Spy Kids movies. And shout by Mrs. Lavagon. Which this is in the world of. As oh, it is, yeah. One of the heroes is Shark Boy and Lavagon's daughter called Guppy. <laughs> um, so, basically. Of course. Yeah, of course. There's, <laughs> there's a team of superheroes. They call themselves the Heroics. Pedro Pascal is the leader of the Heroics, but he promised his daughter that he would now be desk-bound so he'd not put himself in danger. Uh, an alien invasion happens, and the Heroics, including among them Pedro Pascal, Christian Slater, and Boyd Holbrook, are taken captive by the, uh, by the aliens, and their kids um, have to save them. Uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas plays uh, the head of the facility um, who may or may not or may or may not or may or may not be evil. Kind of goes back and forth. Um, And yeah, goes on from there. Uh, It's primary school MCU. Um, It does feel like they're going to they're going to be building a world around this because it has been successful. And good luck to Robert Rodriguez. It's produced by him and his ch- his kid, Racer Max. Uh, the score is from another one of his kids called Something Rodriguez. You know, um, Rebel. Rebel Rodriguez, that was it. Troublemaker Studios has gone bye-bye. It's now Double R Productions because it's him and Rebel Max. And, I mean, you know, good on Robert Rodriguez. Fucking hell, he's getting shit done. Um, but it is for seven-year-olds, you know. And then, then you know, in a way, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Um, but would kind of like Robert Rodriguez to do something else that's not TV or this. Um, but it's fine. Like, you know, quite a nice message at the centre of it. Had a twist that I'll be honest, I didn't see coming. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're like right at the end. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's got its heart in the right place. It looks like it was all shot on a fucking green screen. Um, it's got that chink, chintzy kind of shark boy and lava girl aspect to it. But yeah, it's for kids. You know, I didn't feel any dumber for watching it. <laughs> The Spy Kids movies are good. Shark Boy and Lava Girl maybe goes a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't think it's quite Shark Boy and Lava Girl levels, but everybody's acting very big, you know. But the kids are doing cool shit. And whenever Guppy went into beat shark mode, Lottie laughed like a fucking hyena. You know, it's I can't I can't begrudge it because. Jesus Christ, that kid doesn't really like movies that much. So whenever she does latch on to one, you know, we could be heroes and 100% wolf have been the two films that she's watched more than once this year. And 
I can't. And they're both on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's I I can't begrudge her that. You know, fair fucking play. I it's it's not shit, but I'm biased because my kid really liked it. <laughs> you two do not need to fucking watch it at <laughs> all. <laughs> oh, and um, there's a cover of um, Heroes appears twice, and it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's very much put me off. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, should we do Black Cauldron then? Is it a nice segue into ours? Ooh, here we go then. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, literally, on Sunday morning, I think wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you were making breakfast, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and I set up a film to watch. Yeah, for breakfast. With bacon sandwich. You did. Um, and then you came in and looked at it and went, and went Black Cauldron. It's like, yeah. You went. Oh, what did you say? Is this inspired by Ian? I say, yeah, it is inspired by <laughs> Ian, actually, yeah. Because I'd seen that Ian had said that he'd watched it. And I was like, do you know what? I I kind of remember having watched this, but I don't remember anything about it. But I know I'd watched it. Hmm. So, yeah, so we watched Black Cauldron. Now, Black Cauldron is kind of infamous for being one of the movies that, that essentially nearly fucking bankrupted Disney at one point, which seems impossible now, but Disney hasn't always been the behemoth that it is nowadays. Um, You know, this movie costs, you know, near enough damn $50 million um, and made not $50 million. Um, So, what is the story of? Becky, can you do the story? Because you'll get it better than me. Um... Okay, so a boy is a pig babysitter. Yep. Um, and then but he's, he's a assistant pig babysitter, and he gets asked by the head pig babysitter to take the pig somewhere to protect it because the horny king yep. is after the black cauldron, and the pig can tell him where it is, and if he gets it, then like the world will end. Yep. And there's a princess. There's a princess. Yep. Ian. What do you think of Black Cauldron? <laughs> right, first off, the blonde girl's name. A long way. She, a long, yeah. As soon as she said that, I looked at Donna and said, that's not a real name, is it? It's a Welsh name. No, it's not. It's the Welsh. author invented it. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, which, nice. proves, which proves that I'm getting an ear for what names are real and what names are made up. So is the name used in the book? Made up as well, then. Appar- yeah, book. apparently came up with it. Yeah. I long <laughs> and, and I just started doing that repeatedly at Don. Don't Good. think she enjoyed it. <laughs> I long um, This film's fucking fascinating. Like, they poured 40 million odd dollars into it at that fucking time. Um, it was presented in 70 millimeter in theatrical exhibition that apparently Disney had not done since fucking Sleeping Beauty. Because you look at Sleeping Beauty and those fucking black bars are chunky, you know, yeah. like they, they they were going all out there and they kind of do with the Black Cauldron as well. But the fucking the detail in the animation in this film is 
something else. Like, there was care paid to the animation in this fucker. Oh, yeah. And it's messed up. Like, the imagery in it. It's the first... <clears throat> pardon me. It's the first Disney animated film that got a PG in the US as opposed to a G. And it's yep. like, yeah, fair enough. They had to cut shit out. And it, like... And you can tell, and you can. Uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty actually talks about the fucking editing process where, like, uh, th- like I think it was Katzenberg came in and was like, "You need to cut stuff out of this." And they were like, "You literally can't cut shit out of an animated film." Yeah, it was. I think it was the first movie, uh, first Disney movie since Snow White, which remember was the first Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, that they actually cut out part of the animation, and there was like twelve minutes cut out of it. And there's one bit where I thought it was quite obvious where it it's um quite late on where the 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 cauldron like mist is around and it's making the things rise up from the ground and then it cuts to a random like ten seconds or so of the fucking proto golem like walking about and going Ugh! and then it cuts back to that. Yeah, it was like right, okay. So they just—that's the bit where they cut some shit out. Then, um, it's—I mean, the, it's more interesting for just how blimey, wow, Disney of it all than the film itself. But you know, I mean, just the idea that you've got like bad guys getting pissed. Uh, you know in a tavern or whatever and you know that doesn't really happen in a disney film you know it just it felt like they were off the leash a little bit um and i i i i thought it was really interesting i thought it was interesting that is what i would call this film but I, i'm intrigued to see what you guys thought of it hey. um yeah i mean just purely from like an animation style point of view i i am more of a fan of the older Disney movies, like your Sword in the Stones and your Robin Hoods and stuff like that. And this kind of feels like a similar vibe to that. Like the, I said to you, didn't I, the bard guy? Yeah. With the heart is very very Merlin from Sword in the Stone and things like that. And they did reuse like certain frameworks, didn't they, for different characters. Mm. Um, so I like it from that point of view. It feels like it's got that old school Disney feel to it that just feels really plush and like you're sitting down to watch a real treat of a movie does that make sense yeah um but yeah story-wise it is it is pretty dark i think a lot of the early ones are fairly dark though aren't they if you think about it, snow white's quite a dark story well, they're and based it's on when they used to base them on fairy like tales. fairy tales yeah. and things like that and fairy tales and mythologies and th- th- a lot of them are quite Dark. yeah so but yeah i mean I, I i really i really enjoyed it it's it's great the um it, it it's a bit batshit and like you're saying the the editing process is po- probably contributes to the batshit feel of it the disjointed kind of feel to it um but then i think it to an extent it benefits from that because as an adult, as a child watching it, probably not so much, but as an adult watching it and that kind of jarring sort of feeling that it gives you, it, it enhances the, the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely yeah. It's, I mean, it, it seems like one of those ones that was, um, for instance, I, I looked at, you know, things like, it, it was Disney definitely making a choice to mm. go a little bit darker. Mm. Um, it, I think it's the first Disney animated movie that didn't contain a musical number within it as well. Mm. Uh, which you know were a staple of of Disney animation movies. Yeah. Uh, to have that musical number within them, and this this doesn't have that. Mm. Um, and it does seem a little bit like they were maybe influenced by things like the um, the Hobbit cartoon that had come out in the late seventies, mm. um, and then uh, you had Last Unicorn in eighty two, um, which came out in 82 but you know was, was known about um, in like the 90s and then you know what year was Secret of Nim? That must have been a roundabout sort of this 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 era and it was where animation was was being a bit darker. And, Watership Down 78. Yeah it, it, there, there, there was a darker element to it and That's Disney. Hurt as well isn't it because he's in there. Yeah and Disney could could do that but only to a certain level. They couldn't they could never go dark and political or anything like that, like something like Watership Down or Plague Dogs went for. Mm. Um, but they could do something that was a little bit more A little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Secret of Nim with eighty two, Eighty two, yeah. So you had a lot happening in animation around at those times. Mm. Uh, and it does seem like it's a halfway house for Disney. Mm. And it, it's very much this movie very much sort of uh, typifies that the fact that Disney can never fully go like that. Yeah. Um, even when they want to, and you know, you have the, the horny king and bits like that. And, and it's, <laughs> he's not really called the horny king, though. He's called the horned king. He is called the yes. horned king. Yes. Um, but like, with the weird little fucking creature thing. And then you have the, the other weird creature thing. Uh, what's it called? The one that sacrifices itself. What's he called? Gurgi. Gurgi, yeah. Gurgi, yeah, that's him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Gurgi, the weird fucking. It, that, that thing was fucking when I was and I said to you back, I was like, "What is that? Is it like a dog? Why can't it talk?" We looked into this, didn't we? We didn't get a satisfaction. We didn't get a satisfaction. And, 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 and as Andy Circus giving him any fucking credit for Gollum at all, I'd like to know. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it is very Gollum, isn't it? Um, but then also as well, you had yeah, even the voice. Yeah, Gollum is. but then, but then. I tell you, anyway, have we got a movie where you've got a horny king, right? And then you've got literally a a toad being trapped in the bosom of a woman. Yeah, there was that bit. Yeah, and it's bouncing around in that in that which is today's. Um, it, it's fucking mental that this. It feels like a movie that could only happened to Disney at the point it happened. At. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. This is the movie where they go. Right, we're not having another Black Fucking Cauldron or Song of the South. <laughs> mm. It's like, it is, it's, I, I, I'm gobsmacked that this is available on Disney Plus in 4K. It look, I mean, it is 4K this, isn't it? Yeah, it's 4K. It looks fucking brilliant. It's it a lovely incredible. transfer. The, the animation's fantastic. The also, one of the first uh, Disney uh, animated movies to contain computer images. Yep. Uh, there's not many. I looked into it. The cauldron floating. Uh, the cauldron itself is hand drawn. The floatingness of it is done using digital animation. No, mm. uh, so to computer animation and the uh, the green smoke. That's computer generated. Yeah. 
So it's not that the majority, the bulk of it is still hand-drawn. There's not a computer-generated sequence. I think that was the first meme of fully computer-generated sequence was still The Lion King with the, the gazelles one. I'll let it um, But yeah, there's, there's, this, there's a few in there. So there's, it, it's a big stepping stone movie for Disney animation that's almost kind of been forgotten about. It, it, like I think they used that in. It's a fascinating the story of the movie if the movie is just okay itself. And it's it's where Waking Sleeping Beauty starts, Mark. And I that that's why I'm, I'm fascinated to watch that now. I will get I, I will get to that at some point this week. Um, Bex, what have you been watching? Like on my own. On your lonesome. I'm just gonna go for a pee real quick. I'm ever so sorry. Um, uh, feel free to carry on if you want. Because you're not interested in what I've watched. No, no, no. Like I said, if you want. <laughs> um, to be fair, I think the only one that I've watched on my own is Dread. And we've discussed Dread at length. I, I genuinely could watch that film every couple of weeks. but I really can't. Yeah. And I, I like Dread. Just point out <laughs> uh, so what else we watched together then? Um, do you want me to do Bone Collector's one that I watched on my own because... Um, I did fall asleep. You fell asleep, yeah, did, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I watched The Bone Collector. Um, Becky actually said that she wanted to watch The Bone Collector. So we, we started watching The Bone Collector and then Becky probably fell asleep 20 minutes into it. Um, it, it we've seen it before. Uh, Denzel Washington, Angela Jolie, Queen Latifah, um, Louis Guzman uh, and others. Uh Denzel Washington plays a, um, a a New York police officer, there, a forensic expert that is world-renowned uh, and then is injured on the job, um, which means that he's only got the use of his brain, his neck and his left arm, I believe. Mm. Uh, and then he gets a case uh, that he just can't say no to uh, and sees... Angelina Jolie is his protege, even though she really does not want to be his fucking protege. Like, she really <laughs> doesn't. Um, it's that um, late 90s, uh, 99, um, sort of, you know, $48 million. You know, it, it's, for that era, it's a big budget, um, which is mental because we're talking 15 years after Black Cauldron and it only costs a few million more. Um, but that was... Starting to really establish Denzel before we got training day, fucking exploded Denzel. But it, he, he ticked along a lot sort of in the, the 90s doing these things from like Ricochet to this to Pelican Brief. Um, and there's a few other ones that are in there um, that are really interesting. It's it's fun. It's good. It's creepy. It, it's a proper 90s, uh, late 90s thriller um, that people, you know. Did you, did you send that one to... George. George, that was on George's list, was it actually. On yeah, yeah, it's already on George's list, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the right hold my beer moment, wasn't it? It was a little bit of a hold my beer moment, George asking for people to, put it, to, to recommend 90s thrillers to him, but it was a bit like, oh. This is my, it's my house. <laughs> yeah. A um, couple of the ones that we, you know, that we'll, we'll speed get up before we get into the, the more what is it ones. Um, we we watched Six Slickers because why the fuck not? Comfort movie for us, isn't it? We it did is, a comfort yeah. that night. Yeah. Uh, we also watched Game Night because we, we watched while we were eating. Yeah. So we, we, had, we had the end of it to watch. So we had the end of it to watch. So we watched well. that. Um, we watched Black Bear, but we don't want to talk too much about that because Ian hasn't watched it yet. And I think it's very much one it's best to go in at with no, knowing nothing about it. Are you guys yeah, planning, planning on planning. talking about that next week at all? Yes. Right, okay, I'll get to it. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Uh, it is one that I would say for next week for catch up for 2020. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd put it on your list for sure. Is what great, I great. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about it. Cool. Um, we also watched Shadow in the Cloud, didn't yeah. we? Um, did, yeah. I mean, probably not going to come up on best of lists. Definitely not. <laughs> um, George, I know, really, really fucking likes this, and I could absolutely 100% see why somebody could really dig this movie. Not Is it know, black and white and someone dies slowly? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, no, like the opposite. No, like the opposite. Like oh, okay. a, a couple of beers for George movies, I think what this will be. Okay. And, and I can absolutely fucking see that because it is that kind of movie, isn't it? It's fun enough, but I wouldn't say it's good. No, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's good, no. And she should absolutely not be allowed to look after a child. No. So I will say, because Ian, you, you, you might get to it at some point and you might enjoy just the sheer, this is fucking daft, but why not of it all? Yeah. Okay. But what I will say is, when we had, uh, when we did um, Playing Forward, uh, the last minute forward we did, um, George brought up, funnily enough, George brought up, because he, I know he, he quite liked this, which is why we kind of jumped off our queue a little bit, didn't we? Um, Joe brought up that he, he thinks that Chloe Grace Moretz might actually now be a shit actor. Uh-huh. Right? I think this cements that theory. Yeah. <laughs> that she might be a bit shit. <laughs> I just like the fact that it's, it's written by Max Landis, but now everybody goes, wait a minute, but we've completely rewrote it. It's like, right, but it still comes up at the start and says written by Max Landis. <laughs> because he's problematic now. Hmm. Uh, watch Zappa, the Frank yeah. Zappa documentary. Uh, really fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it's actually. And so, uh, as someone who knows very, very little about his music, it was interesting enough, even coming from that place. Yeah, um, so who knows a bit about his music, but not like a, a deep amount about his music. I would say um, it, it was a really interesting two-hour watch. Um, Alex Winter knows how to fucking tell a a story. Interestingly, as a documentary, mm. is what I would say there. Uh, one that, even if you're not interested in Frank Zappa as a composer, um, it's still an interesting watch to see him. It's, it's a lot of archive footage mm. of him talking that he's put together, so it, it feels like he's Frank been Zappa. For it, it, yeah, yeah he, he's been interviewed for it and he's narrating it in a way, which is really fun because there's no narrator over the top of it. Mm. It's not like a documentary where you have talk, where you have a lot. There's talking heads, but it's not like a documentary where the, uh, like someone's narrating and saying, and then Frank did this, and then this. It literally Frank Zappa somehow is narrating his own story. It, it, it's <laughs> fascinating. It's a really, really well-made movie, mm. and I'd be gobsmacked if that doesn't crop up for best documentary at the Academy Awards. Uh, Alex Winter deserves that. Uh, two more we've got. Uh, Go on, fuck it. You can do that one, Beth, because you really like this. I, I don't want to talk about this one too much because I, I will be talking about it next week and I want to rewatch it again before then. All right. Um, but we watched Possessor and it, it will be on one of my lists next week. Right. You can say more. I just don't, I don't want to put a half-cooked kind of... Okay. Uh, so we watched Possessor, uh, the Brandon Cronenberg movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. I liked it. I think I liked it as much as you, Rebecca. But I, I did really like it. But there were a few moments where I went, 
Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, they should have stopped. Do- There's a bit where he's beating Sean Bean to not death. Um, where it just goes on too long. And then the end bit where he's hacking her husband. Mm. And it's like, we get it. We get it. Yeah, that didn't bother me. Stop I like, now. I like, I like seeing people get hacked with small knives. That's fine, but it, it just went on too long for me. But I, 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 I won't destroy the rest of it. I will say I liked Possessor, but it isn't going to be my top ten or anything. But it's it, 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 it's fine. It's fun. It's an interesting story, and not I like it as high concept genre, mm. uh, and I think it works as high concept genre, uh, and that that's all right. But yeah, it it. What else works as not high concept but genre? <laughs> we watched Arizona. <laughs> mm. Jonathan Watson's Arizona, uh, which stars uh, Danny McBride, Rosemary DeWitt, Lee Wilson, um, and Seth Rogen briefly. It's set against. Like really briefly. Yeah, really briefly. <laughs> um, we're all spoilers all the time, so we're going to fucking spoil this a little bit, aren't we, in our review of it? It seems such a shame, though, because I feel like not many people have seen this. No. So we won't go full spoiler, but we'll go as spoilers we but need to. it is two years old, so... Um, so it's set against the um, the economic crash and the housing crash in America, uh, where the idea is that these people have bought these high-risk mortgages for homes that are now basically worthless. Yeah. Um, and Arizona was a particular big one of that, that they've got all of these housing developments there. Uh, Donald McBride's character, Sonny, has bought one of these houses uh, from Seth Rogen's uh, Gary. Um, one of Gary's employees is Rosemary DeWitt's Cassie, um, who accidentally witnesses... Also, she's bought one of the houses from Gary and now sells them for Gary. Um Accidentally witnesses Danny McBride's character killing Gary, but by accident. So he then takes her, kidnaps her, <laughs> um, to get to convince her to not tell people what he's done. And you have a brilliant bit of him when he's kidnapped her. He disguises himself by cutting eye holes, <laughs> a nose hole and a mouth hole in the hood of a hoodie and wearing the hoodie backwards. But she's seen him. He then shows him shows her a photograph of himself with his family. Yeah. And then goes, I'm going to take this off now. I'm going to trust you and take this off. With her clearly thinking, but I know who you are. And then it just the rest of the film is him really getting into killing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the blackest of black comedies. It is really, really dark. It's really dark. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect it to be that dark. We watched this after another film, didn't we? So it was like Possessor, I think. After Possessor, yeah. And I think it was like eleven o'clock at night when we started it. And it was just supposed to be like some funny Danny McBride movie to watch before we went to bed. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be closer to um, 30 minutes or less. Mm. I didn't think it was going to be closer to Possessor than 30 <laughs> minutes or less. Um, it's really fucking dark, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. And it's funny watching mm. Danny McBride getting into just fucking shooting people. 
To be fair, and they're then, both really good in that. And then getting a bad back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back throws out. Yeah, so Rosemary DeWitt has to dig the shallow grave. Yeah, has to dig these graves. Because, not because he's a bad guy, but because he's got a really fucking bad back. <laughs> There's some good kills in it. Though. There's some good kills in it. Yeah. It's it's 85 minutes long, and it's a lot of fun. What's it? Is it Caitlin Olsen that plays the ex-wife? Yeah. What's she in? Is it? Is she? Oh, it's always Sunny that she's in. Yes. She's very good as the ex-wife. Like the, all the all the people <clears throat> that are in it just for a little bit are really good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a it's a recommend if. If you if you like the comedy stylings of Danny McBride, but darker, but really fucking dark. But he's really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But it just shocked me. Being as dark as <laughs> I did watch another film, but I haven't oh. quite finished it. Then you have to cover it next week. I'll cover it next week. Or the week after. I don't know whether I want to finish it now. What is it? It was irreversible. Oh yeah, I Um. Why are you working here? Or. I didn't mean, that was rude, I didn't. You didn't mean, what am I doing working in a shitty coffee shop? Yeah, no, I just meant, you know, given, there's no getting out of this, is there? Nuh-uh. I'm gonna leave, can I leave and then come back and I can do it, I can do it again and be better. You want milk? Pardon? And your coffee? No, but uh, you can spit in it if you want, I, I deserve that. I just spat in your coffee. Right, promising your woman. We all ready? Yes. yes. Um, so, written and directed by um, Emerald Fennell. Yeah, Emerald Fennell, I already said that. Yes. I've got a roll of there. I mean, that's not a difficult one. <sighs> just just take your wins where you can next nowadays. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, stars Kerry Mulligan, Bob Burnham, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Laverne Cox and Connie Britton. Uh, and it's the story of uh, Kerry Mulligan's Cassie Thomas uh, and how she was once a promising woman um, at medical school uh, but has now taken up a job in a independent coffee shop um, and it's basically of her. How would you describe it, Rex? Because I'm terribly smart. Um. So basically, yeah. uh, basically as a result of her friend um at medical school getting Damn sexually it. assaulted yeah. and then nobody believing her and her ending up dropping out. She also drops out, which is why she works in the coffee shop. But she now also uh takes revenge on predatory men by pretending to be really hammered once a week and seeing who picks her up and how they then treat her and then she reacts accordingly and if they get a bit rapey she calls them on it yeah presumably takes some we never found out what the color coding was for no the color coding really bothers me yeah really wanted to know like in the notebook did you notice it like she she writes them in different colors yeah yeah I feel like that's based on what she's done to them. Yeah. But I want to know. 
What's red? Does that mean like physical harm? I don't know, Becky. But yeah, she just basically, when they're all involved in being fucking creepy and rapey, suddenly magically sobers up and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's just magical to watch. Yeah. Um, what's it? Oh, the really creepy second guy that she goes home with. Christian Mintz Platt. Played Christian Mintz Oh, he's grim. He is grim in it. Like, so creepy. Yeah. Um, Ian, what did you make of Promising Your Woman? I liked it, yeah. I, I um maybe ever so slightly the victim of heightened expectations on it. Um but I yeah, I I liked it. I thought it walked a really good tonal tightrope. Um, and got kind of got away with it. The 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 sequence later kind of late on where the guy wakes up, uh, the guy's there and she's dead and the dude from New Girl walks in and that, that whole sequence was, that could have gone wrong and it didn't. Um, but. I feel like it went wrong for Kathy. Sorry? I feel like uh, it went well, wrong for Kathy. I, I, sorry, I meant in terms of the tone. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it definitely went wrong for her. Um. Frankly, I think it would have been more powerful if, and this is me imagining the film we didn't get, so I will say that, but if it went down the road of it was all absolutely fine for those guys and it just shows how the world is set up against women, which the film, you know, it is doing that through it you know it it is very Kerry Mulligan calling this shit out but then at the end it felt I I get that they wanted to leave you on a well people got what they deserved ending but I think it would have been more powerful if it went along the kind of like the colder lines of what what the film beforehand was trying to do I don't know though because she literally had to die to get them arrested and I, I think that kind of shows um, stacked against women yeah uh, I, I, yeah I mean well yeah I, 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 I that that's absolutely fair and I, I think one of the questions of, of the film is what was she almost like she she was just like fuck it I'm gonna die I'm gonna take them with me or whether it was actually insurance. Um, I, I think it was a bit, a bit more of I'm gonna get revenge one way or the other. Yeah. And if this goes, if this revenge goes wrong, then that's my backup. Yeah. So yeah, the insurance. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. And 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 fair enough. But I I I don't know. I think the message the film is trying to say of the world is geared against women and against women who call out these things is and i mean i, I suppose it's got, it, it is the whole revenge fantasy kind of aspect but it, it, it a different variant of it but i i, I for i i think it would have been more impactful it, if it left you on a low instead of a relative high um and I, I don't know, may, maybe that sounds odd and maybe I, I yeah, I, 
it, it the the ending felt artificial to me. Um, but I I one hundred percent get why people are into it. But I I it's uh, frankly I wish it went further. Hey. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking forward to this one since forever. It feels like when the first sort of teaser dropped. Um. And it absolutely lived up to what I was sort of hoping for. Um, I, I really loved it. I don't like the fact that she died, <laughs> but then I, I never liked the fact that, like it when the protagonist died. Um, I feel like she should have been able to enjoy her revenge. Um, but I, 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 sorry, Bex, just to, uh, forgive me. I think I would have preferred it if they went that angle as well. Mm. You know, it's the fact that she dies and then it's the vengeance from beyond the grave. And it was like, if either she was, like, gonna, like, be able to celebrate the victory, I I, 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 I think I would have enjoyed, I, I would have got a lot out of that. Or if it was, look how the world fucking is. Mm. But the, the fact that it's, like, the halfway house there i think is what bothers me i'm ever so sorry go ahead sorry yeah i mean obviously she's 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 doing this thing of going to clubs um and doing this thing to guys and then obviously the the meet up with um the old sort of school co-student guy in the coffee shop is what prompts her to um to then start looking into these people from from medical school um so she's not then just taking revenge on like the guy like the shit she does to Alison Brain making a doubt what's gone on in this room and um obviously fucking with Connie Britton that bit was great Fuck the Connie Britton one is fascinating the film marvelous <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah um so you know it's not just it's just not just bad nice guys that she's it's the system yeah it's allowed it to happen it's the women that that, that essentially facilitate facilitate it, it yeah. and back it up yeah yeah um oh it's kind of heartbreaking when she obviously she'd spoken to i can't remember what the the other girl's name was now was it nina maybe the one that had actually been ripped yeah yeah um she spoke to her mum and her mum said look you know you need to stop this you need to move on with your life kind of thing and, and pep talked her on the i to chewed her out well yeah um and and she goes off and she's like right do you know what yeah maybe and she starts trying to build this life with this guy that she's met who who seems to actually be a nice guy um and and then she sees this video clip and he's not he's, he's one of the bad guys too and it's like that's kind of heartbreaking. That's that's kind of more heartbreaking than the fact that she dies because you know that guy's a baddie. You know that she's putting herself in a dangerous position, but this, that one seemed like he was okay. Um, but I think at that point, uh, going back to what you were saying, Ian, I think she was perfectly willing to die for her cause by that point because yeah, yeah. she'd had she'd had the, her her faith destroyed just one too many times. And yeah, I I, I thought it was brilliant, really, really good. Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I was expecting one movie. Mm. 
again, I got a different, slightly different movie, but I still got the movie I was expecting as well, uh, which was quite cool. Um, in that, um, it's I really I thought it was laugh out loud funny at points, mm. um, and I think it's intentionally being laugh out loud funny as well at those points. It's intentionally having, it, it, it again, it's a it's a I wouldn't say it's a black movie, but it's a it's a it's a dark comedic tone to it. Yeah. Um, I think Kerry Mulligan is fantastic, um, mm. in this role. It, it feels she's having an awful lot of fun with it but she's also got the dramatic chops to kind of carry it off. You see there was a bit of a thing um, when the like, critics reviews were coming out. Some some critics said that she wasn't pretty enough to be playing this role. Yeah, there's a few things there, right, to, to, to unpack with that, right? First of all being like the, oh, I'm sorry, but um, it's not only pretty girls, funny ears, that can get date rate mm. you know it, it, it's not that that isn't a thing it's a it's a, if if a guy's of that prediction they're going to do it to whatever they can yeah right and secondly yes she fucking is, yeah, she fucking is. <laughs> right the the connie britain scene is one of my scenes of the, <laughs> of, of the fucking year i was literally smacking you on the leg wasn't i going <laughs> holy fuck and she hasn't she has, and you think is, you know she hasn't, mm. but it's like, but just her amusement, but just her amusement at the <laughs> fact that she, that Queen Britain's like, no, you fucking tell me, you fucking tell me, and thinks that she's going to start intimidating, and she's like, no, that's not going to work, mm. and it, it just, the almost glee that she's getting from it, it is glorious, uh, and there's a look when she, uh, when she's essentially picking up that girl, I'm finished as a makeup artist. Um, and she says something and the girl looks away and she kind of gives her this shitty fucking Yeah. Oh god. A lot of yeah, look to her. And it was just glorious. But because it has those moments, when it punches you, when it hits you mm. with the when she's watching the video on the phone, and you know what's about to happen in the video, you you've kind of gone. Oh fuck! We're about to hear his voice, aren't we? When it hits with that, you go shit. And then at the end, when you're going, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? And then he's he's pinning her down to strangle her. And then you go, ah oh, yeah, but in a second she's gonna she's gonna, do she's gonna go <gasps> like that or something like that. Yeah. You know? It's like wait. What the fuck? Yeah. What the shit? Um, and then the fact that they just play those guys as as very much almost cartoon hyper bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it it adds to the stylistic nature of it in the fact that everything's overblown in it. The, mm. the, the stylistic nature of the whole thing just adds to a different level of that. But at the same time, is still hitting you with the message of it. Mm. I thought was was incredible uh, of it. I think it's an incredibly, it's a movie that, for me anyway, um, it gets its message over, whilst also being wildly entertaining, but then fucking hits you. Whereas Pieces of a Woman hits you in the first thirty minutes. 
and then bores you for an hour and a half afterwards when it thinks yeah, yeah. it's jabbing you. And it's like, no, you fucking knocked me out ages ago. Mm. Now, now you're just fucking kicking while I'm down when actually all you're doing is I'm going, do you know what, actually? The match is over. I'm going to get off. <laughs> Whereas this just jabs, 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 and then goes bang. And while you're fucking dizzy, it fucking knocks you out. And it's it's fantastic. What do you think of Alfred Molina's character? I think he's the character that, that is there to give her a little bit of faith that, oh, this hasn't just broken me and what's it? It's broken this guy. Still did it, if, he still did it. But I think with her, it's like, if it can break this guy, mm. who was possibly the worst of all of them, um, then if, if he can have re- if he can have redemption, mm. surely everybody can. Mm. But the fact that Bobo's character she mentions about uh, her friend to him, he's like, ah, oh, no, I don't really remember it, but he fucking clearly does because he was there. Yeah, that's the bit that then breaks completely breaks her, mm. and her breakdown is different. But she needs to do something with her breakdown. Mm. It's. Mm. I think it's fucking. It, it, it is an incredible film. Mm. I was very much taken with it. Yeah. And her smashing the shit out of the um, the guy's window who fucking pulls round her at the lights. Yeah. yeah. Was fantastic. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. If we get unhinged too, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan just fucking somehow just gets dropped into Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's there at the at fucking start unhinged too, just again, still at a fucking, what is it? At a wheel, just going like that. And then she just gets dropped in from fucking heaven in some kind of fucking, it's a wonderful <laughs> life thing. And we get Russell Crowe just goes <laughs> like that. And it's almost like a Terminator when the Terminator pulls into somebody, T2, T1000. Yeah. And we just get that and that's unhinged, start unhinged too. There oh, we go. We could have like a battle royale between, between the two of them, like a traffic light. Like they, they, they both, right. yeah, fuck yeah. hell, yes. I think we've just Howard, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, definite shit will be on my list next week. It is next week we're doing the best of list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it will be on my list. It will be quite high up. I'm not quite sure how high. But yeah, uh, incredible. Uh, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Anyone else for that? They kind of wrapped up when I might not have there might have been more to say about it. Oh, not for me now. I'm good. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, liked it as much as you did. I'm glad Noel liked it as much as you did as well. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose that's. Uh, Where are you on it? Are you definitely not shit. Oh or? no, yeah, I'm definitely not shit. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely not shit. I'm very like very wrapped up in it um while it was on and um yeah i i, I just i again like i say i i think i maybe had heightened expectations because everybody fucking love loves it and i really like i was really there for about 90 95 minutes and it, i just i called on it in that last 10 15 Uh, well, our audience poll was definitely not shit 50%, touching cloth 33%, and shit 17%. There you go. 
Oh, you didn't, I didn't know we had somebody who was a date rapist that watched this. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way, if you were the person that, that did give it the shit review, you're entirely entitled to that opinion. And I was merely joking. I'm not actually accusing you of being a date rapist. Damn. Um, so, yes, questions. Okay, I'm going to go for this one first. John Dangerfields asks us, Army Hammer discuss question of the week right um this is fucking incredible army hammer i'm not gonna kink shame that man fair fucking play to him and the people who leaked that i don't know dude thought he was in a private fucking he he said some pretty fucking wowee shit like rough Don't you think it's a little bit like Army Hammer got a little bit baked and just started saying random fucking shit? I mean, that may, that's the thing. It may well be that. It is that. And it was, I don't know, it's private conversations and then these people, and, and not these people aren't even leaking it in a way of saying, like, I felt threatened. It's no. just more, look what he fucking said. Yeah, that's it. It, it's, it, it. it is the most soft cancel attempt of anything. It's like, right, so has he done any of these things? No. Right. Uh, were any of these things said to, like, people underage? No. Were any of these things said, like, out of, you know, that he that he shouldn't have said to these people that, you know, that, that, that was unprovoked? No, no, no. It was, in, it, was, it was in a chat that was about that kind of stuff. Like, right. Not entirely sure what he's done fucking wrong here. <laughs> Bex, what, what is what what is your opinion on this? Like, um, uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I, d- I don't know enough about what was said, what was in the messages. Um, the right, let's deep article. dive. What's that? Let's deep dive. Let's right. deep dive. The only articles that I could find that apparently had screenshots were from the Sun, so I, I wouldn't go on them anyway. I caught the Sun fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have called him fucking something, won't they? Yeah. Giant pervert hammer! <laughs> okay. Oh my god, that just made me so hard. And it makes me confused as to why. Is that even possible? So hard. Thinking of holding your heart in my hand and controlling when it beats. I am 100% accountable. I want to eat you. Fuck. That's scary to admit. I've never admitted that before. I've cut the heart out of a living animal before and eaten it while still warm. Um, okay. I mean, he comes from very fucking no. Let's heavy stock, doesn't he? That let's just carry on. Like the sort of thing that very rich people do. Let's carry on. He would have been on a hunting trip. Need your help, ASAP, kitten. You're around. I'll phone you later. Person says yes. How may I be of help, Daddy? He says, oh, my God, when you call me like it, I get so horny. I need to drink your blood. Why the distance? Reply, I am yours, Daddy. I will help you. Army Hammer, I need you to rent us a place and set it up with a list of things I'll mail you about. Response, of course, where? Hammer, I'm going to be so naughty and kinky with you there. Oh, the possibilities. Ha ha ha. 
You're my angel. You're made to save me. You're mine. You hear me. Say it now. Response. I am yours. I belong to you. Hammer. Say that you're mine. Mine. My. I. M. I. N. E. I own you now. I'll own you forever. Response. I do. I am yours, daddy. Hammer. Good girl. Your body is so fucking perfect and it's mine. And I'm into you. I I need your blood. I crave it. Will you give it to me tomorrow? Don't forget that you're mine. Response. That topic. Once again, it is very intense. Interesting response to that. Hammer. I'm intense. I need your blood. I want you to feed me with it. Uh, end of that particular uh, uh, shot of tweets. Um, I mean, it doesn't uh, seem like the respondent is like... No, the respondent's well into it. If it's just like a uh, fucking... Kink. It's fucking Christ. Nah, that can't be real. What? I mean, this is just funny. I thought about you and I doming and fucking you being dommed and fucked so goddamn much the last few years. I have thought about you so much. It's been so hard not talking to you. I know I needed to, but it was so tough. You are the goddamn standard I hold to women in terms of kink and enjoyment of fucking them. You set the bar too high. You are like the Michael Phelps of fucking. Everyone else just doesn't have what you have. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That came spilling out and I feel bad. If I said too much, I'm sorry. And then every, every time I am fucking someone, I am fucking someone in the ass. Since you, the only way I can come is if I pretend I'm fucking you in the ass. Really? Yes. Why is that? It's a, fucking hell. It's incredibly frustrating. I don't know. You were the most intense and extreme version of that I've ever had. Uh, raping you on your floor with a knife against you. Everything else seemed boring. You crying and screaming, me standing over you. I felt like a god. I've never felt su- such power or, or intensity. That can't be real. Just that end bit. Yeah, but if it's like... I mean, some people do engage in rape play, don't they? Like, it, it's a whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a kink. Yeah. I mean, he's just a kinky dude who engages in these kind of conversations. No, fair enough then. I just, I, I, I was reading that bit and it was like, wow, we, but if that's actually a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fairly... Fair enough then. Don't fucking kink shame. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's... And, and he has form for being a kinky fucker. Quite literally. <laughs> You know, if he was sending these messages unsolicited to somebody or if he was sending them to somebody that he was in some kind of relationship with, but they clearly weren't on board with this shit that he was saying, then it's a bit different. Like, some people's relationships are different and they're supposed to be private. So whoever's put this out in the world, you know, if, if no one was... If no one was actually being raped, vampired or cannibalised... And um, they were quite on board with it. Then it's, it's the best really thing Army, the best thing Army Hammer could do now is if he just tweeted, "I am a kinky fucker," <laughs> and then just that's it. Did tweet for like three months after it. Thing is, he's got the money that he could never be in public again, and yeah. he'd be fine. He, 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 the thing is, Army Hammer doesn't need the acting career. No, 
He chooses to have the acting career. He has literally hundreds of millions of dollars. But so why why have these been leaked? Who's leaked them? And are they suggesting foul play? No, they've just leaked it because, no. holy shit, look at what a kinky fucking this guy is. Well, that's just bad form. It is bad form, yes. It, it, it's, it's, the thing is, it's these circles are supposed to be when you join within these circles, it, it, it's supposed to be an unwritten rule that you everything remains private mm. with it within it. You can talk about you enjoying it to whoever you want, but don't mention other people. Mm. And it's that kind of thing. And it just seems a little bit what is that? But yeah, you say that thing, uh, Ian. The fact that people seem to be foaming at the mouth to try and cancel him for it. Mm. Before realising, oh no, wait a minute, we can't because this is the fucking storm in a kinky teacup. It, it's you know, it, it, people almost seem disappointed that he hasn't actually eaten somebody. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just that it's like, right. So what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It literally it happened a couple of days ago, and most people have already forgotten about it. it it's like a no news thing now. Yeah. It's like, so wait a minute, is there anything salacious in this? No, not really. I mean, he's not saying he, he actually cannibals people. No, I just, I think the whole thing is quite amusing. No, I mean, I can only ejaculate to Adagio in D minor by John Murphy from the Sunshine soundtrack. So <laughs> I get it. That's and, and that's that's a very particular kink, but you know. <laughs> We all have them. Lots ask me, why is that music playing in the bathroom every day? <laughs> I'll be out in a minute! Don't you fucking come in here! Yeah, just... Mind your own fucking business, kid. Shit yourself. Rick <laughs> Kid, <laughs> uh, Rick J. Kid. Uh, Given we're all locked down again for the foreseeable, what's your favourite film which primarily set in a single location? The Thing. Also, One Night in Miami. It's on Amazon Prime on Friday. Watch it. The Thing's a fucking great show. Very big fan of Rear Window. Yeah. I was telling Lottie about The Thing the other day. (laughs) How did that go? So no, we're, so a game the kids play, and she asks us to play with her as well. Among Us, have you two heard of this at all? Heard of it. Uh, all I know is at some point we're going to get together, have beers over Zoom, and play it Among Us, aren't we? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's like a mobile game. Uh, where yeah, on it, it's essentially the thing. Uh, where you've got to do some tasks and whatnot, but. There is uh, one to three imposters, depending on how many people are in the game, uh, essentially out to sabotage and or kill you and not be noticed. And then, like, you can um, if somebody finds a body, you have to have a discussion about who the imposter is, basically. And, um, you know, people will um, uh, kill someone, then report that they found the body and say that the yellow person did it. And it's like, you know, and and things like that. It's called a self-report. It's a whole thing. So uh, we were on a walk the other day and Lottie was talking about Among Us. It was like, Lots, there's a film I'm going to show you when you're like 12, 13 or so, you know, it's called The Thing. And she was like, oh, what is it? It was like, well, actually, it's basically Among Us. 
and I was explaining it all and she was like what this this film was based on Among Us and it was like no Among uh, Among Us is very similar to this film they probably took things from this film and she was like okay so like how do they die I was like well and then Don shot me a look like (laughs) right now but no I was because like I was explaining to her that it was like because she was like I'm, I'm talking about when I uh, yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that look you shot me was basically you need to shut the fuck up now, wasn't it? Just got her out of our bed. Sorry. We just got her out of our bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so um, no, but I mean, and I was explaining to her that, like it doesn't happy have have a happy ending, and she was like, "What do you mean it doesn't have a happy ending?" It's like, well, you know, and I, I I told her the end of the thing. I I just don't think she could really grasp it that it was like okay humanity may still be destroyed it probably will be once they fall them out you know and uh yeah um and I was about to tell her about well there's a guy who does CPR on another guy and then it bursts through his chest and there's teeth there (laughs) literally if don wasn't in earshot i would have said said that to her but um yeah i don't know i'm just trying to find film things to relate to video games for her you know and, uh... fair enough um also i've got one potentially does wreck count yes yeah man because I, I i'm gonna throw a couple up go on then the raid yeah for mm. one location so you yeah. also throw a dread it there if you want to expect yeah Except the opening bit is in a different location. Isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought that because I was going to say panic room because it's all set in the house, but it's not because initially they're not in the house. No, uh, I got breakfast club. Mm, good show. Uh, and clerks. Fair play. Yeah, nice. This is good good location, there is, yeah. yeah. I think it, I I really enjoy them. To be fair, I think yeah, it adds an extra color. element of like stuff. Yeah. I, and I still maintain that Knives Out would have been better if it was all just set at the house. Yeah. The movie loses flow, loses... Once they go off site. Loses a little, bit, is that, a little bit of intrigue once they go off site. It'd be more interesting if it was all just set at the house. Oh, Clue. Does Clue count? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I love Clue. Yeah. Uh, right. That's the claustrophobia of it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. To an extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 it's working that limitations of, mm. of everything is set there. Mm. Um, Sorry. Uh, right, that's episode 380, I believe. Box that off nicely. I think, we, I think, we, I think we've said enough things. I to... think we've said many things. Uh, what are we covering next week, Ian? Well, it's the review of the year. Um, I'm not entirely sure. We're... I, I kind of say this also as a kind of general... <laughs> podcast management thing that if we focused on the review of the year next week then you know outside the line could be reviewed the week after because there's fuck all out so so yeah yeah shove 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 I, I, i'm in agreement with that sounds like a good plan plus it gives me oh it gives us an entire week to cram 2020 releases there's also that uh not that many i need to watch Four or five. But I want to rewatch Tenet. Four or five is, I think, is enough. Uh, so yeah. So thank you for listening, uh, guys. Uh, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast uh, where you can find 
other podcasts, including Chinsworth Punter, Film Rand, um, his film, her movie, the Iron Sequel, What's on Tap, Edith at Landfill, etc. And Ian, uh, yourself and John have a bonus show uh, that has just started. What's it yeah. about? Yeah, yes, we do. There and back again, which is uh, having a look at the extended Middle Earth films. So the first episode, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, is uh, out on the Pod Syndicate feed. About 40 minutes or so of us talking about that. And uh, we're going to be doing the Two Towers show uh, next week. Um, yeah, leaving a bit of time so that we can do uh, year-end cram and whatnot, but we'll be talking about Two Towers next week. And uh, I know Noel suggested a, a another series of films to do a retrospective about, which uh, I'm very excited about. Yeah, that, that's going to be that's going to be fun. Very different from Lord of the Rings, but the same studio. So yeah. Yeah, so that, that that could be that's going to be very very interesting. Uh, that's going to be a on the, the bonus feed where you can also find other things like um, me and Noel with the Slater cast. There's going to be a new episode of that coming shortly. Uh, me and Noel are just finalising the movies that we're going to cover on it. Slater. Um, and yeah, there's there's other bits of that on, on there. Oh, the, the the rewatch project as well. Uh, I forgot about that. That's not on the bonus shows. That's just another podcast that's there. Um, also, as well, if you want to hear a little bit more of us, um, then we do have a Patreon. Um, it's uh, We Love You Patrons. Um, you get a little bit extra at the beginning of the show uh, as talking about stuff. Um, and you get the, uh, the bonus shows thrown in there as well. That's $2 a month for extra bastardness. I think, like, oh, no, you're just all working, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I was going to say while you guys are like at home, yeah, so you should you should try and get your heads around that Resident Evil game. We will get to that at some point, I'm sure. Fuck it, I tell you what, yeah, that's something we need to actually do, and it? it's just the rule book is intense. <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, we will we, have, we we will get to our Resident Evil game off, and we'll work out some way that we can video stream it in some way. Um, don't quite know how, but we'll work it out. I'll position a camera above the board, or you guys do that, and then we'll mirror the moves or something. It'll be all right. But yeah, I think what we need to do is basically both have cameras positioned above the board where we both go record now, and then we just basically put it out as it, them side by side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we can do on Skype, um, so it's doable. But it's just adult board games. There's rules. There are so many rules. Wait, are we talking about like adult board games or no. adult board I'm games? I'm not talking like Naked Twister that you two do. It was like, oh, both yellow, all right. I'm going to put something in someone's ass. <laughs> Wait, that was way too accurate. <laughs> we do have Twister. We do have Twister, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's play Naked Twister, though. It's more... Strict Twister. Strict Twister, yeah. <laughs> you guys put that up on the Patreon. No, so Mark, <laughs> Mark's dad came round earlier and he was saying that what, Mark... What, the Naked needs, Twister? Yeah, no, not the Naked Twister. <laughs> saying that Mark needs to get a hobby to get him through lockdown and um, and that he's taken up um, paint by numbers, so he got a, an adult paint by numbers kit for Christmas when it's really difficult. And Mark was like, hang on, adult paint by numbers like for adults or like adult came by numbers. <laughs> like, fuck's sake, Mark. No, yeah, because that's to be fair, to be fair, Isabel did turn around and went, to be fair, I thought that's what you meant as well. Like you've got to paint by numbers of, like, the fisherman's wife. 
Mark, what you need to do with all this time you have during the day is play more Yakuza so you can get into the bits where you do karaoke and shit. I, I, yeah, I do. That is going to be my plan over the next um, Ian, few weeks. Mark has got plenty of tiling and DIY to do. But, you know, there's also, there's also, you've got to give him a couple of hours to just be. You don't know what to fucking do with himself if you're having to be. Yakuza! <laughs> I, I promise I'll play some more, more Yakuza before Monday when I have to start DIYing. Karaoke, dude. You're, you're close to the karaoke. <laughs> I, I promise in the next week I will get to the karaoke. Like that or God of War. Just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will. Fuck. Oh, by the way, also as well, guys, uh, quickly, if you want to watch me and Ian actually be quite good at a computer game. Yeah, well, we're bastards. You we're all right. Well, bastards. Is that quite good or less bad? We were actually pretty fucking nah, good. Nah, dude, we got, we got through one, like, all the way through without fucking dying. Yeah, we were pretty fucking... We were, we, and then we, we died on the other one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, we, we, I, I didn't just run into people with a machete. We healed the AI characters that were with us. I that saw you just running into a crowd with a machete when I looked up from my book, and I saw you die. I'm sure I did. Yeah. You turned into a zombie. I did turn into a zombie. Didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Was fucking weird. So yes, that's episode 380. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank you very much, Rebecca. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, and we shall speak to you next week, where we will be doing best of, worst of disappointments and surprises.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>